Okay, hello and welcome to the Create Don't Hate podcast. Uh, with me this week, I have ex Singapore Sevens superstar, gas man, try machine, Brian Ng. Brian, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> superstar, I hope I was once. <laughs> Listening to your podcast, nobody talked about me, so I don't think I'm that a uh, superstar. So, uh, what about me? I'm Brian. I'm 33 this year. Stop rugby generally around stopped. Huh? Yeah, stopped rugby around 2017 or 2015. I can't even remember. Uh, it was eh hey, no 2017. Sorry, 2017 when uh, my baby was born. But there were some things that happened. That's why I was cut short. Early also, I think. <laughs> but uh, you know rugby, right? And uh, what else? Uh, I'm uh, currently uh, working at Sports Singapore uh, in the co Coach SG, mm. uh, doing coaching development. Doing good things. Uh, yes. Trying my best to help the sporting ecosystem. Uh, mm. Yeah, so uh, pre previously I was in, I was a PE teacher in ACS Primary. Mm. Uh, loved it, loved what I did. Uh, but had a bigger calling in Sports SG with Azar there doing great work. So I uh, thought could make a bigger difference in the sports fraternity. So moved over uh, and then now just doing my best there. Yeah. Anything else? I love sports. Uh, I think Sydney know me since J1, right? SAJC? SAJC. SAJC. Yeah, I, I think that was the first time we... Yeah were introduced, I think- Officially he, la, I mean, probably we would play against each other in like secondary school. Yeah, but I don't think he liked me very much in JC. JC, <laughs> you were a punk. <laughs> you were a punk. Exactly, uh, ACS Barker, rugby player, coming to SAJC, uh, it was definitely something that you don't hear often hmm. because ACS jumping over to SA or Raffles, or maybe more, more Raffles than SA, right? Mm, no, I think back then the- you don't have your IB program and you don't have mm. the the two separate AC options, right? Exactly. So you only have ACJC as your only option. Mm. So that's why you have, uh, I mean, guys like uh, uh, Manfred, uh, Braba, mm. even Ben came in to SCJC on the first three months yep. trying to get in also, mm. right? Um, because there was the other option uh, mm. as opposed to mm. ACJC. Yeah. So yes. um. So actually, Bra Prabha was one of the easiest Bucker success stories that went to San Andrew Junior College, mm -hmm. and he was doing very well. And then mm -hmm. he was the captain. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, wow, he was flourishing there. Mm. Uh, he he felt like he was a legend there already, like just At going home. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he was one of those seniors that I looked up upon when mm. I was doing rugby in Isis Barker. Yeah. And then normally Isis Barker, we go poly because as you know, Isis Barker and Isis we have a different in PSLE aggregate scores. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And actually I could have DS it to Isis I because of water polo and swimming. Yeah. But unfortunately my EPSLE score was not good or not low enough or I know not high enough to get into the DSA. So there was a minimum score, but I couldn't hit it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So in the end, I ended up in Barker, but that was the one of the best things that happened in my life also. La. Rugby okay. happened here. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. Rewind a bit. Huh? So so chronologically, yeah. uh, let's talk about how you, you started with sport. And uh, like you mentioned, some instances of water polo and mm. swimming. Um, yeah. So, so maybe take us through like how the whole sporting thing started for you. Yeah. So both my parents are not sporty at all. Uh, they were the, they were those parents that 
weren't sporty, but they wanted us to try everything. So the first sport that they wanted us to try is swimming. And you know swimming. Uh, I started at six. Uh, training was twice a day or twice twice a day yeah. uh, you go in morning you go in night and then I was in Ang Ping Shong swimming school oh my goodness that was that was the toughest time uh, hated it that is the biggest thing that I <laughs> like even now when I see my students do it I I I I, I, <laughs> I don't know it's discipline it's mental it's it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's crazy actually. You wake up at four plus to go for your first training, yeah. your swim, and then you have to get to school before yeah. assembly. Mm. And you go through a full day of school with your, with the full thing, right? Your your full PE lessons and everything. And then after school, you probably have a lunch break or whatever. You catch up with your homework and then you finish with another training session. Okay. And then you head home. Yeah. As a as a secondary school kid or, or primary school kid, even it's not easy. And actually I was sort of forced to go because my mom wanted us to swim. So it was like ACS also was a swimming school. We mm. were winning all the championships in swimming nationals. And I think my mom wanted us to swim and because it was safe also. Mm. So it was like, oh my gosh, uh, me and my brothers hated it. Uh, but we were forced to, and I guess it instilled, like you said, discipline, uh, actually a bit of obedience because we, we were filial. Uh, we wanted to listen to our parents and therefore going, even though my, I think, I think my mom didn't give us a choice. La. <laughs> Back then, uh, if you say no, or you even say, I don't feel like going, you are dead. Yeah. Yeah. So started swimming and then fell in love with soccer because uh, we, uh, me and my brothers, we would play soccer around the neighborhood at the park nearby with a lot of other kids. This was in... This was really the initial years, like six to eight, even before primary school because mm-hmm. my brothers are three and four years older than me. Mm-hmm. So actually, I started playing with bigger boys yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, much earlier. Yeah. So I was never afraid of bigger people mm-hmm. or competition. So swimming, I was swimming with them. Uh, playing football, I was playing with them. I was just thankful that my brothers, older brothers included me. Mm-hmm. And then therefore, I was able to be included and play with these people mm-hmm. of three to four years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I never shied away from competition or shied away from aggression or just loved the sport because of competition because mm. there's a winning or losing yeah yeah so that was football there was swimming and then of course with, with swimming and football you need to run right so yeah. I loved running also oh yeah um, so when you entered primary school uh, I mean in Singapore prim- CCAs in primary school is not compulsory right mm. so a lot of people join either for interest or like you said just that that desire to play a sport to be in competition and some people even join because they have siblings mm. that, that started off before that so um, what about you? Like So so when I went to ACS Junior uh, I think school structures then was not so fixed uh, so as you know nowadays there is CCA days. So actually you can't join many CCAs because mm. CCA days are set. It's restricted. Yeah, it's restricted. <laughs> like I was saying last time <laughs> I had like four CCAs and then exactly. competition time you can still join other yeah, CCAs. Yeah, precisely. But now, it's, now it's a bit more controlled. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I think I was a full-time athlete. Uh, I think almost, six, almost. Like I had like because four Because every CCAs, afternoon yeah. you had a CCA. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was in, I remember I was in swimming. I was in the cross country or the running team. Then I was also in football team. And I think I was in a tennis team, mini tennis team. Mm. So these were like the four sports that I truly and truly played when I was in primary school, going through primary one to primary mm. four or five. Then actually I was interested in rugby because it looks exciting. And, and I wanted to join, but my mom was like, 
uh, no, 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 no. That looks insane or that looks too violent. Let's not put yourself there. So in the end, I was just, st I stuck to this four sports plus little P6 that was water polo because I think it was more of a contact sport also. So water polo. So primary school, I was just playing sports every day. Uh, however, I knew studies was still important and mm. you need to pass la, you need to do something la. Mm. And even though I hate, didn't like uh, study so, studying so much, but I knew in Singapore, you need to get through the system. <laughs> get yes. through the system, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So when was your, when was your first foray into rugby? Yeah, so when I went to Barker Road, uh, actually I was in the first team for swimming and water polo already. Yeah, no, swimming, I was, swimming for the national school team and then from water polo I was sort of like working towards the first team and was already in the in the core group yeah yeah. and you know in ECS or in SC I'm very sure once you're in a core spot yeah. of, the, of the school you most probably won't change because yeah. you're really doing so well and, yeah. and there is no there is no chance of you trying other core spots there's no big push for you to mm. leave that 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 core group because like you're good at it right exactly, so yeah. so why would you want to go and explore unless you really wanted to challenge yourself mm. and all that so I think that's a bit of what happened to you lah because um, I mean I don't know much like before today I, I really don't know much about the your sporting background but I do know that you you can swim you had mm. a water a bit of a water polo background and then um yeah so so that's why I'm interested to find out like how was it like when you started rugby yeah so during one of those P P P lessons uh my rugby coach was also a P like sort of like a fringe PE teacher so thinking up think taking taking charge of some PE classes so during the PE class I think we were playing catching or something. And then he realized, oh, like the catcher can't catch me or something like that. And then he spotted me on top of a tree. And then like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so he spotted me on a tree and then he was like, oh my goodness, this guy is quite fast, agile. And he thinks on the spot, lah. He, he used his brains. Lah. So he actually asked me, hey Brian, you want to join rugby or try out? And this was not just go for training. Eh. It was just like, Hey, Brian, uh, the rugby team during the December holidays is going to Malaysia as SEC Colts then. So then he said, why don't you just join us? Then I was like, huh? But I was in water polo and swimming with you. Right? Why do I need to join? Even though I didn't really like water polo and swimming because I hate swimming, right? Mm. So didn't really enjoy it, but I thought I was in a core spot. So, uh, and somehow water polo during that December was going to Australia. Wow. So it was like Australia or Malaysia. <laughs> wow, wow, simple answer, right? But I don't know, something just kept tugging me and then I was like really, really interested in rugby and just wanted to give it a try, right? Mm. No, never try, never know, right? Mm. So then I chose rugby, uh, Malaysia. But this was a bit tricky. This is the tricky part. I needed to sort of like get past my mom's yeah, yeah, yeah. stage, right? So... I sort of lied lah. I just said I'm going to Malaysia for some camp, sports camp, and she allowed me. Then we, when I went, it was crazy. I had the most fun time playing rugby while knowing not knowing how to play rugby. Yeah. And then the camaraderie that I had during that camp, that during that trip was out of the charts. Man, I met like some amazing ACSI rugby players. Then I had my own talented ECS Barker players like Tia Loon, Praba mm -hmm. and all inside this. So this SEC Corps team was 
it, 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 it was really one of those most talented mm. group of players. I, I guess every era always says they are the most talented, mm. most talented. But I think for me, then was like, oh my gosh, all, all of them were amazingly good, but also amazingly humble. And then they, they were more like brothers. And then it, it just dawned on me that even though I didn't know how to play, I was put in fullback against a Malaysia side team. Yeah. And I was able to play. Mm. And this was when I didn't wear lenses and didn't have proper boots. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And I enjoy, enjoyed the, the the whole experience. And then after that, I didn't look back. La. I just I said, water polo and swimming was not for me. La. <laughs> water polo and swimming was slowing you down. Probably, right? Probably, yeah. Because I really like speed. I, yeah. I'm a need for speed guy. And, yeah. I, and I was... And I, luckily, I was really fast. So that was one of the things that I uh, was thankful for, mm. blessed with, and was continue to use that speed to my advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I think speed is something that um, it's either you have it or <laughs> you can you can train to to run at your maximum potential like you can be efficient mm. you can do some running drills you can correct your running technique mm. and uh, you can get some strength and all that. but things like fast twitch muscles yeah. things like uh, fast twitch fibers sorry these are things that you cannot yeah but I think one thing about rugby is even though they are going to be faster players that like like some track stars come into the rugby mm. scene right mm. and they think that they are going to burn everybody but I mm. think rugby is a game for all even though you're yes. not very fast yes. Yes. you will still be able to catch the fastest guy yeah. if you are smart there are ways yeah, there are, exactly. there, there's running and, lines and, there's angles to look at and um yeah yeah so like I see so many track stars coming in and yet not flourishing hmm. which I hoped that they flourish because we really need more gas men in sevens in the game of sevens mm -hmm. no, that one that one you can't escape la. yeah yeah okay so Playing for the SEC coach that was in secondary school. Yeah, man. Uh, for uh, sec sec one year end, so it's December. 13, 14 years old, lah. Thirteen, yeah, mm. thirteen, fourteen, yeah. And I stayed with SEC since then, man. Okay. Like then, with the likes of Demo, Swani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Alfred. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like in uh, school? Like, so you took on rugby as a CCA. Yeah, man. So rugby as CCA was in ACS Barker was also a very crazy time because there was Coach Edin mm, mm, mm. Siawan yeah. and then there's Coach Demo yeah. unorthodox coach also my first session my first training session was we it, was, it felt like a gang fight la. <laughs> one circle and fight one on one mano in mano <laughs> it's insane right my yeah. first training session I, I went home with two uh, blood, uh, bloodied mouth and I had to go see the dentist and I had, I had now two dead front teeth <laughs> it's insane first session but I guess the funny thing is it didn't deter me or didn't make me not like the sport it got me hooked yeah. and then it got me knowing that I need to have the fire in me it got me to know that I need to have balls I need to have guts I need to have grit uh, there is no running away from contact mm. even though you are fast or there is no running away from tackling the biggest guy if you need to yeah so that was one of the things that I loved about rugby is there is no running away and you need to face your fears man <laughs> <laughs> the I mean, your seniors, the guys that were directly a year ahead of you, the guys like, like, I mean, like, uh, Andre, Prabha, uh, Benedict, Ben, Kachun uh, also, Gabe, Gabe, yeah, Honey yeah. Monster, yeah. 
Who else was there? Manfred. There's so many lah. Uh, yeah. That group lah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure growing up, that group would have inspired some of you guys or... I think they were the ones that we looked up to, yeah, for sure. And then they kept pushing us and then they yeah. kept, they kept motivating us. Mm. And yet, while we are working hard and training hard, they play super hard also. Yeah. I think they play even harder. Yeah. And that's why the trips to like Malaysia, New Zealand, Thailand, it's, it's so fun. We play hard, but we, no, we train hard, we play hard mm. and we party harder. Mm. So that was one of the things that we knew on and off the field, we we do everything the best of our abilities. <laughs> so it, it carried on, uh, rugby, rugby was that kind of thing. And then also one of the things that I loved is, I think Haresh and Brian talked about it was like, we can be enemies on the field, yep. but yet after outside the field, once we shake our hands, the final whistle blows, we are all friends. Yeah. But I think for me, I think I was, I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> was, was. keyword is was. Uh, I think I was an arrogant idiot. La, I think I, I was just one of those, like thought I was the best. I was God sent <laughs> superstar. And then uh, things got into my head. Uh, I was just burning everybody. And I think even when I was in JC, can you remember, can you remember how many tries I scored in yes. my year one? Yes. J1. Yeah. I was the vice captain also, co-vice yeah. captain with Perry. Mm. I can't, I cannot tell you, I, I don't know how I scored so many tries in <laughs> J1. Mm. It was insane, right? I, I don't know how, but it got to my head. La. The the thing I remember was <laughs> when, um, now for all those listening, <laughs> uh, it may sound like I'm talking nonsense, but this is true. <laughs> so the thing I remember was uh, back then in SAJC and Malan Road campus. So when we had our home games, Right, the 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 student population, a lot of them will be sitting on the track or in the canteen, supporting us and watching us. So Brian would have a, a group of girls, lah, um, <laughs> friends, lah, friends. So they would be in awe of his pace and all that. And this fella would be after he scored a try, he will run back and he will high five the whole line of girls. <laughs> and that is something that I, I never forgot. <laughs> But okay, now it's easy to it's easy to to talk about it mm. now and and good on you to be able to <laughs> to <laughs> smile and laugh it off and, and to say that you were an asshole last time because I think the that was also part of growing up mm. right that that taught you a lot and the the beauty is that we have hindsight la. we yep. have we are able to move on and we are able to see what was right what was wrong and the it also is a lesson for the younger ones out there right because um it is easy to forget that sometimes when you are on top of the world, when you have ability, mm. when you have speed, when no, you are untouchable. Mm. You feel like you are untouchable. You feel like nobody can catch you, right? It doesn't give you the right to step on other people. It exactly. doesn't give you the right to disrespect people. Yeah. It doesn't give you the right to to disrespect the game. Yes, we can't disrespect the game, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something you learn along the way, mm. right? Yeah. Like, um, I remember I like you said la, like the, the starting years we were thinking the my my batch of guys the J2s were thinking oh my gosh who is this fella you had all the talent in the world like every time we played I remember we played the Interhouse Rugby 7s mm. we were both in Romani oh, yes. we we destroyed the other houses so badly I, but every time all we wanted to do was just pass you the ball because you would just run with it la. but the 
the thing is that um, it is it is easy to 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 look at it now, but back then, you know, you're on you're up there, mm. right? Mm. And it's I mean, many people fall into that trap, lah. Exactly. You're on top of the world, like I said, you you're untouchable. Yeah, yeah. But again, credit to you. You <laughs> came out of the high horse. And um yeah, you you are really a changed man now. And um yeah, we will I mean we we move on with other sporting stories first. <laughs> like, huh? We talk about all this stuff later. Yeah, so okay. So um finished Barker, you went to SAJC, SAJC two years there. Um how was it like? Like I mean we touched a bit about it in our small conversation just now, but um, in your two years at SAJC, that's when you probably um, um, started to become a bit more familiar with the game. You started to find your footing and you started to really understand the game a bit more. And I, I, I can recall that throughout that one year that I spent with you in SAJC also, like you, you grew a lot mm. from the game, right? Like, I mean, when you first came in, I knew that, eh, this guy is fast, but sometimes he's still a bit of a loose cannon. But mm. towards the end, I knew, eh, he's a different man. Mm. And then you also got your SEA Games call up or something, yeah, right? Yeah. During then. Mm. So can you talk us through that, that whole time period? So, uh, so San Jose Junior College was one of the things that propelled me lah. So I think if I went to ACJC, I wouldn't have had such a main role as a rugby player or have so much air time or play time. So when I was in ACJC year one going in, I was training my ass off, even though I was also a prick, but I know training hard is the most important. So worked hard, worked my ass off and then played a lot of games. And then it was really, I think it propelled me to another level. It, it really, it really was wow. And then I was given the vice captaincy, never heard of when you're year one. And then I think I had to sort of like grow up or be a leader. And I think that was one of the things that I also thought I have to motivate and inspire the others to become better. But I think that that time I was still a very young leader. So the way I encourage or motivate people can be very, very <laughs> misconstrued. <laughs> It was like, wow, you, you, like, beep, 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 you know, like, so it could be humiliating to people who are not so good. It is a, a kind of leadership, la, like, yeah, yeah. but it, it may not be the right kind. La, exactly. Because you were, I think you were, again, coming down from a top-down kind of mm. perspective, mm. right? For example, I think you, you, when you come out on top on the fitness yeah. training, the drills and all that, then you'll be wondering, hey, why can't you guys just keep up with me or whatever? You exactly. Know? Yeah. Those kind of mm. mentality. No empathy. La. La. No yeah. empathy. Yeah, yeah. Low empathy. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of those. And then at 17, I think that was the first co-op to the national men's team, sevens team. Even though I never made to the core squad, but I was always training with the men's team already. Mm. So then it was one of those things that almost happened was, remember the semi-pro contracts given out that they they thought they were going to give because we were sponsored by Adidas we mm -hmm. had a lot of money and mm -hmm. they, they thought of uh, making all our national players semi-pro mm. and that was one of those things that got me excited and I almost I thought if that would happen I almost probably quit San Andrews <laughs> College and be something like a full-time or like a full-time athlete but I guess that dreams were blown out mm. the window when 
the guy embezzled all the money. <laughs> <laughs> broke the union. Yeah, broke, broke the, the union. union. Yeah, exactly. And then all the Adidas went away and oh my goodness. So then 17, um, we had things like combined schools. We had like, uh, I also remember Youth Commonwealth Games, mm. AFU, under 19s. These were competitions that again, propelled me to the next level mm -hmm. and made me realize that Singapore is really like the standard, even though I'm the best here, it's the tip of the iceberg, man. There's so much more that you need to work on. When I we went to youth Commonwealth Games, we played the lights of like Danny Cipriani from England, Fiji. And these people were like burning us, like 100 kg guy just run past us like so easily. Mm. They can go through us, but they, are, they just want to show you that they're faster than us. So you just realize, OMG, Singapore rugby is like so low on the charts and you need to work so much harder. And, and that opened my eyes. And therefore, whenever, when I was training with uh, the locals or SAJC, I always wanted to be the first because if I can't beat my own, People don't even my, think don't, about yeah, yeah exactly then after that then you can start thinking of breaking the the, the new levels up yeah. and up but one thing that I think was the hardest for me was to gain more weight I think uh, that's one of the weaknesses I have uh, it was to gain more weight or just being put, putting on more bulk mm. uh, if I had 20 kg more being my speed then it would be amazing I think then maybe even a chance at overseas but uh, then I guess we were so comfortable in Singapore that, you know, there is no need for, knowing so much about, yeah, it was, yeah. speed was already in bar. And then a bit of bulk, I was not very skinny, but I was a bit of bulk, that's enough. But if you want to really flourish in the Asian series circuit, which is also another level, then there's world circuit, you know what I mean? So there's so many different layers of uh, standards. So, um, so JC worked hard, got into like, Combined school, combined school beat the Safsa team. That was one of the achievements that we made. Because uh, Safsa team was always the our senior seniors yeah, who are in the army, army, and then yeah. they were like better than us, yeah, yeah, more, yeah. more or less, right? But we beat that team, and then youth Commonwealth Games under nineteen Afu, and then it just then my time started. So me and DM actually started very similar times. Mm. Uh, two thousand. So basically. 2005 or 2004, we started being the fringe players for Seven's team. Like mm. maybe the, the back. It's like the, yeah. I call it the transition. Yeah. So that period. So that was when the guys like uh, Easy and all that yeah. were slowly starting to, the horseback. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they were the horseback then. Easy, yeah. Kate, so you know, were, try, were slowly starting mm. to, to, to exit the yeah. scene while you guys were coming on. Yeah. Yeah. So then DME, DME like spent times like saying, wow, we, better, we need to work hard. We need to train harder. Mm. We need to get into this, uh, this core unit. Mm. And then when I went army, I went, I, I, I know I wanted to be an officer. So uh, it took a, a few steps back because you know, when you go into officer training, yes. then you, yes. You, yes. You, you had to do your training and then you wouldn't be involved with the national team and all. But then SEA Games came about in 2007. And so then I was, I luckily I just graduated from OCS. I got a role and I think army supported me. So then I was able to train. Then there were likes of Amos Sell, John Chen, all these who are, they are mainstay already. They are, they are mainstay wingers. Yeah. Uh, so I had to overcome this competition. I always saw them as competition. Yep. And this competition, pro like again, motivated me and propelled me to be better. 
not just uh, so these guys are definitely bigger than me mm. definitely bench mm-hmm. better than me mm-hmm. even Melvin there's Melvin and so like these are the wingers that were mainstay in uh the C game squad or the national T- seven squad then 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 I had to overcome them not just overcome them but also earn the respects yeah of like the wrongs or the big guys who are the monsters <laughs> because if you can't tackle them they'll say you're not up you're not you're not you're not up to standard don't waste time. yeah don't even waste time coming to the national team so I remember this uh, when I was selected I still can remember this very clearly because once me and Derek was selected, we mm. were and Sue, I think two of us were the youngest yeah. uh, to be selected for the 2007 SEA Games Korat. I can remember Rong said, come, we're going to do one on one five meters before the, five meters, be, be, uh, five meters from the try line. I'm yeah. going to run at you. You're going to stop me. <laughs> and then just kept on going, kept on going and kept on going and until we earned his respect. Yeah. And that was the kind of crazy or I, I I don't know then I think now people say yes you're not you're nuts this is abuse but then it was our way of earning our passage mm-hmm. and then from then on uh, they got we got their respect and then that's when we just continue flourishing the national team and day in day out we were just playing 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 together mm-hmm. yeah so <sighs> I still miss those dog it those those dog times, but but those were the times when our seniors really put a lot of pride. I think the pride to play or put on the national jersey was really one of those things that we always wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Especially when my year, uh, there were me and Derek. Then uh, we had so many other more talented guys out there, more talented than us. Like. They were like likes of, yeah, like you said, Emerson, John Chen. Who else? Uh? There, were, there were so many lah. Mm. But they, but I guess when we took over the mantle, they sort of like then said, I guess it's time for us to. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of the other guys that were also. Um, I mean, didn't pursue the path of the national team, didn't really focus on that. So they probably, I mean, they were schoolboy stars, yeah. right? So so your AC boys, your guys like your, I mean, guys like Mark Ting and, and all these, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So these are guys that, you know, went on to play Keith and all these guys. Oh, yeah. They went on to play like, uh, after winning multiple years at ACSI, they went on to win multiple years at NUS and uni level, and then of course, of course, now they are they are um, big time career men. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the one thing that I think was a waste because a lot of ACSI, RI, yeah. ACS Barker, or even St Andrews, they were so good at rugby, they were winning championship, but how many of them come? through the ranks and become national players. Yeah. They were, I, I, I don't know if they're stuck in the schoolboy thing, but like, I think, um, I guess again, pragmatism and yeah. and knowing how hard it is to be in the international scene. The I think the biggest thing is the, in Singapore, we are all running the red race, yeah. right? So it is very tough for anyone, especially anyone with, with uh, big career dreams. I want to be a big time lawyer. I want to be a big time doctor or whatever to say, hey, I want to take two, three years off <laughs> before I start my career. I want to go and represent the country and I want to go and commit fully. Because the moment you, you commit to doing that, it means that, firstly, 
you already lost out to the rest of your peers in your batch in terms of career progression. Exactly. Yeah. Secondly, um, when you take the step to represent your country, when you take that step to to fly the flag or whatever, um, what is in it for you? Mm. Right? You sacrifice your time, your, you put your body on the line. What does it mean? Mm. Do, do you get are you on, are you fully paid for are you do you have insurance do you get extra perks um, what does it mean third thing pride we always talk about pride we always talk about wow I mean you sing the national anthem wearing your jersey and all that how much of that has really like um eroded over the years mm, I mm, think the mm. back in those days you ask the older guys your Clarence Lam Rizal and all that <laughs> they will tell you wah you know yeah. and th- those are the guys we watched growing up and, and re- representing the, the the jersey and and really playing with pride but now I, I'm not I'm not um, I'm not shitting on the the national team or, or whatever I'm just saying that uh, systemically this is an issue yep and um, we have quality, we have we have players, we have players that definitely want to represent the country, we have players that definitely will die for the country, mm. but what does it mean? Mm. Anyway, this this is all, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you know, I mean, we are just talking, like, there's no there's no solution or, yeah, exactly, or whatever yeah. right yeah. now, you know, unless you say somebody decides to <laughs> commit, I don't know how many million dollars to rugby and grow the game or whatever, but, Again, like, I mean, just looking back at the the years that we were playing sevens together, mm. like the Asian Seven series, where every year we commit, uh, I think we commit at least half a year, yeah, right, and that is in season, mm. right. You don't count the off season where we have the clubs and all that. Every year we commit at least half a year. Um, we take time out from school, from work. Uh, we fly like I think four five weekends. Yeah, four five weekends, yeah. and then. Uh, that is just the official tournament. You don't count the training tours mm. and all that. Um, and I remember there are times where, you know, on the on those weekend flights, right? It was it was really tough because you, we would fly up on a like a Friday, Friday morning, yeah. and then we will we will touch down, check in, and go for training. Then we will go and see like every other team has been here for the last two days, yeah, <laughs> or or something like that. And then Saturday morning we are playing the first game. Mm. You know, and then play, 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 and then Sunday evening we finish off. Sometimes, sometimes we we leave Sunday evening. Sometimes we leave Monday morning, morning yeah. and then we are straight back to work. I remember guys like uh, Derek and DM. Yeah. When they first started out with their jobs, they couldn't get enough leave, mm. right? So they had to fly back Sunday night and then get back to work on Monday. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then we gotta go back on training on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was it, lah. I mean, um, every every athlete will have their own their own struggle and their own story to tell. But my point is, it shouldn't be that difficult, lah, to 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 play sport. I would like to say it's the same for like how like for love. Like if you love something, yeah. Don't tell me you won't find time for it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. If you love a girl you definitely find time for the girl yeah. no matter how busy you are so uh, the love for rugby was insane for most of us yeah, and yeah, yeah. we could and I also think that we loved each other mm. <laughs> not in the gay sense but I think we loved each other as brothers and we wanted to be there for one another and like I think Jay Heikel said it very right like every training was an enjoyable training mm. that was the kind of brotherhood that we had like even after the training we are all deadbeat 
know that the next day we need to wake up early. We'll still go to like Mr. Prata for for dinner, or we will still hang out after training to have a quick dinner. We always say quick, but in the end, we'll end up there for like two, three hours talking <laughs> cock. And the, then <laughs> those days, like I think Jay mentioned, the, those days at uh, Yochukang, yeah. those were the best. La. Like it was brutal. La. It was brutal. Like we would train, I don't know, from like seven to 9.30 kind. And then the stadium would have to turn off the this lights. Side, yeah. And then we would still have to, no matter how tired we are, we are, we still wanted to go and eat together. Uh, even though we had to wake up early the next day for work mm. and things like that. Those were those were times, and like you said, the the this is one thing that is quite unique to a sevens team. Yeah, right. Um, I guess fifteens you have a bigger squad, mm. so it's harder to have everybody on the same page or everybody um, being that close, right? But if you look at it, uh, sevens team seven guys on the field, 12 guys in the squad. Mm. And then in training wise, you have less than 20. Mm. Right? So usually the guys are quite close. And the last few years when we were together, I think the, especially with, with Easy and all that, yeah. we, were, we were really damn close because we knew what we had to do. Yeah, it was like a family, man. Yeah. yeah. So those were, those were really good times. Um, okay. We... Now we are a bit haywire, huh? yeah. <laughs> but it's good. Okay, now um, we talked about your your entry into the national team. Um, how long have you? How long did you play, or how long were you in the national team? Wow, since seventeen. Since seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. So that will be two thousand and four. Yeah, 2004 to, to 2017. 2016, 17, yeah. Because uh, 2017 SEA Games, mm -hmm. yeah, that was the, I think that was the one that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. Then I thought that was the, and then my son was born and mm -hmm. then I guess <laughs> it's So time. about what? 13 years, la. Mm. 12, 13 years. La. Okay, in your 12, 13 years, um, I think you have you have had some controversy, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to share a bit about it, but I think there were, there was, I think uh, one season where I missed you, where I didn't see oh, yeah. you. <laughs> uh, oh, so, so of course I was talking about it. I think that's one of the things that we should share because yeah. I think uh, all rugby player or all of us will go through it. Mm. Well, it's the hardest thing to talk about, but these are things that I think we need to talk about. So basically winning got to my head, I think. Uh, so I started doing stupid things on the field mm. without getting caught, but then admitted to it and then just got dealt with uh, mm. severely. Uh, so like, I think uh, I was banned for one year. Mm. So that was the 2000 and I can't even remember, 2010 year, 2000, mm -hmm. year 2010. <sighs> so that broke my heart, man. As you can say, as I said, rugby was my love of my life, the love of my life. And when I couldn't play rugby anymore, it woke me up. Mm. It got me reflecting and got me thinking what was wrong with me. Yeah, the way I was winning was so wrong. Uh, even after winning, you don't feel good. Mm. Then what's the point of playing, right? Yeah. And then I lost. I, re I remember 
during that period lah. Mm. Um, I think I played against you in uni mm. when you were in SMU, right? So, oh seven, oh eight, oh oh nine, we were in uni mah. Uh, you were always so emotionally charged yeah. in the game. Mm. Um, whether you're winning or losing, right? Which, which I mean, which when it is controlled it is an excellent thing. Mm. But the problem is rugby has different elements, right? So, and that time we were in uni, we were still young adults, you know. Mm. So those things can 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 snap lah. Yes, yes. Right. So I remember every time I play against you or with you, you were always so emotionally charged. When we were doing something good, you're like, yeah, come on, sit, yeah, wow, wow. Something bad happened. Oh, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. So you were always there, right? So that somehow, I mean, culminated in that incident lah. Yep. Right. Um, emotions, I think, got a bit better of me. Yeah. And then I verbally abused the referee. <laughs> <laughs> got sent off and then got dealt with it. It was them. It was unfortunate, but I think that was a wake up call. Hmm. Uh, had a year to do dabble into other sports like sailing, uh, did did even uh, a play. I was the lead. I think all this took me away from rugby and got me thinking like how I was playing my rugby. Like you said, emotionally charged. I think uh, my heart was in a, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I think it was in a bad place or I was not right in a sense. Somewhere the screw was loose. <laughs> yeah, and then I think I got that figured out. And then when I came back, uh, actually I came back the next year, 2011, uh, I think got something sorted out in my heart and then was able to then lead the team to Melrose Sevens. Mm. So I think, I always say God has a plan. <laughs> so that one year was tough, uh, but I think it woke me up and got my heart at the right place and Ask my, I ask myself, why am I playing rugby? Yeah. And then who am I playing for? And what's the point of, what's the purpose of playing rugby? And uh, like you said, I cannot disrespect the game. And I, and I learned that the hard way and then came back stronger uh, and then playing it the right, the right way. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, some people think one year away from rugby is easy, but I, I think you also, Stop, didn't play rugby for a year because of injury mm. and that can be so tough so tough yeah as, 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 as we love rugby so yeah <laughs> uh, okay now um, we've all played this game for so long and all that so if you had to pick or if you had to really really go and tell your story what would be the most significant challenge that you had to overcome wow there's so many men but i think one of the things that nowadays i think the one of the biggest things that i need to i learned is the times when you don't get selected mm. or the times when you get dropped I think those are the things that truly test your love for the sport. Yeah. Because that's, no one likes to get dropped. No one, no one wants to be left out of the family to yeah. go play a competition. Yeah. And 
And that's one of the greatest thing that I took away was that uh, to be dropped. Uh, I don't care if it's fair or unfair, mm. but I just think that we need to learn how to deal with it better. Mm. Uh, we need to then continue to love the sport, continue to encourage your teammates who made the squad because they're like brothers in the squad and continue to just bring the rugby team, the national team up and not bring it down. Because mm. like I think the years when I was in the rugby team, there were so many keyboard warriors. Mm. And then, you know, it's so hard as a team, we always laugh at it when we are together. But it's also one of those things that we don't talk about is the hardest to go to a, to Asian seven circuit and knowing so many things, so many back chatter or so many negative talk from the, from the, the rugby fraternity. Mm. However, the team continues to be strong. Then to be dropped, <laughs> yeah, like I said, you don't want to join in that negative talk. Yeah. So you continue to encourage your team, you continue to be there for the team and that's what family does to, for each other, mm. right? So I think that was the hardest thing that I had to learn and uh, to deal with not being... This was which... Yeah. I think there are so many. I think there are a few. Like, uh, I think when I was in seven, se 17 years old, when I was in the training for the national training with the national squad and part of the national team, like I said, I was not a core squad. So, mm. always getting dropped at the last minute or or even like, of course, the recent one would be 2017, the SEA Games to be dropped. And then, uh, and then like, I think, even for 2015 in SEA Games like Singapore, I was not in, I was not on form. Mm. And then we had a young guy who's very, very talented, Sam Teo. Mm. He, he, he took my first, first team spot, yeah. which could have been, it was hard, but remember it's about the family. And if he was better than me, he was better than me. And then it just showed because uh, he was definitely playing better than me. Mm. And then, I think Easy was one coach. Easy when he was our coach, he believed in me. He still let me. He he still selected me, and that and that trust was then translated to the following series in the seven series where we made top eight lah uh, by winning Thailand, Malaysia in Thailand sevens, yeah. and then we won Philippines in Colombo. Mm which was like we were three tries down and then I scored the winning try and that was OMG. Yeah. On a lighter note, that Colombo <laughs> trip was magical. Yep. That was the one with all the Backstreet Boys, Westlife <laughs> on the on the bus, small bus, everyone was together, blasting music exactly. to and fro. Because we, we it felt like it was the last tour everyone was going to be. <laughs> we thought it was the last tour because uh, they were changing the format, right? Yeah. And yeah. then we thought, oh my gosh, we are now fighting the dog fight. The, the bottom three and then we had to beat Philippines which they just whacked us at SEA Games yeah. so then first half three, three tries down <laughs> I think we thought that's it uh, yeah. nothing to lose just do our best and then to crawl back and we still remember remember the Australian Honey Badger was supporting the Philippines yeah, team yeah 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 he, was, <laughs> he came in the tunnel before the game <laughs> high-fiving them uh, giving them water trying to intimidate us he was running water for Ex them exactly <laughs> trying to make us feel Basket. small and all and then there were three tries down I thought I think they really thought 
this is over. This is yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then was it Ishraf scored? Ishraf scored. Yeah, Ishraf scored before the first half. Ah, then we had one uh, penalty try, right? Yes. Uh, it was Bronson. 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 I remember. I wanted to slap Bronson <laughs> because I was right behind him, and, and he, he was running, running. He didn't want to pass. Right? Didn't yeah. pass. <laughs> then he got tackled high. Yeah, man. Then after that, you scored the what? The last one. Yeah, the last one. Uh, that that is one of the things that I I still can't believe. And oh my goodness, that was one of the. The most thank God for YouTube. Uh. Yeah, thank God for YouTube. Unfortunately, all the older videos of yeah. the past is all not on YouTube, but that was one of the things that were caught and I, I re- I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, those were, <laughs> well, like I said, like the, the, the bus trips, the weekends that we spent, I think the, it was tough, man. The, going into a weekend sevens tournament knowing that you are playing for survival <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's why Singapore sevens being the Singapore sevens team is so difficult because every competition it's a dog fight correct we are always fighting to not be the bottom yeah. no, and be honest let's be honest we are always fighting and we always put our best but sometimes you know the seventh th- game it's 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 so fluid and so unpredictable yeah we, yeah. we in that in that um, in that table of eight teams uh, mm. We are what we are probably the only ones that are not professional, yeah, exactly, or not semi-pro, not some kind of professional. Yeah. Um, don't talk about Japan, <laughs> don't talk about Hong, Hong Kong, Kong, don't talk about Sri Korea, Lanka, don't talk about Sri Lanka. Uh, Malaysia has already yeah, up their game exactly. for many years already. Um, Chinese Taipei, uh, who else? The Philippines. Yeah, man. Um, who's the other one? One more, right? UAE. Thailand, Thailand, of course. Yeah, UAE now has so many. <laughs> UAE. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone has moved forward. La. But we need to pride ourselves also. La. Yeah. We are always having, we, we always, we always turn up. La. We always turn up. Like, like Malaysia and Thailand always seem like they, they have improved a lot. Mm. But when they play against us, <laughs> we make it hard. La. We make it hard. Like DM said, freaking make it hard. Dog fight. Yeah, la. it's a dog fight. Yeah, so anyone can win. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was one of the things that I know. That's why when after the tournament, after two days of really the dog fight and all, this family will then go party hard and <sighs> really just let our head, heads down, let our hair down, let everything down and just just be, 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 just enjoy each other's company because, because mm. really we are going to battle every game, even with the big teams and we just really, really hang on to each other and that's the kind of camaraderie that we had every, every, every game and every competition. Again, uh, for perspective, uh, um, in a, in a usual tournament, uh, in a usual tournament, people will go and play a variety of teams. Mm. Some teams will be strong. Some teams will be weak. Mm. But for us, right, <laughs> in every tournament that we played in the Asian 7 Series, every team is strong. <laughs> and every game is tough. Mm. There's no such thing as like, oh, in this game, we can feel our reserves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was our our situation. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Now, in all your years of um, sport, 
and in um, dabbling in other sports as well. What was your fondest memory with sport? Oh, there's so many, man. Oh my gosh. I dabbled in so many sports, but I think rugby definitely is on top of it. I, all the trips, uh, there is so many, so much memories from all the trips. Like, oh, it's, it's crazy. I traveled the world because of rugby. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. Uh, can never be, can never take, like, don't take for granted these things because nowadays I'm always looking back at our memories on yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. and it's just <laughs> heartbreaking that there isn't. That's why I tell people. <laughs> I, I tell my family, I tell my wife and all that. Um, I travel the world for because of rugby. Yeah. yeah I look at my passport. <laughs> the years that we were in the national team, I barely went on any holidays. <laughs> But there were so many chops on the passports because of all the tournaments and all those things. Yeah, so I've been to all these other places with that I would never normally go. Mm. I went, I, I mean, I went to Doha. Even even the first time I went to Hong Kong was because of rugby mm. and, and, and things like that. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, for me, it's definitely with the sevens team. Definitely 2007 SEA Games or two, and 2015 SEA Games will be on top of it because mm. 2007, I was the one of the youngest. Mm top try scorer for Singapore mm. and then in Korat I don't know if you heard I, was I like, heard the <laughs> the Thai girls were going crazy for you yeah, that's man. all I heard that was one of the first time I actually felt like a superstar because the whole stadium was just ch chanting Singapore number seven we love you oh my goodness and that was like it was insane I think I remember my captain uh, we were going back into the bus because uh, we won bronze, bronze only. Eh? Yeah, yeah. But the mob out was crazy, and my my captain Dan was wrong, right? He said, "You don't come on the beat bus, you are dead." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I better get up, or else I'm screwed." Then yeah, so I was mobbed. But 2007, it was when I was young. Yeah, so I was like, uh, I was like, not 20 or 19, 20. Yeah. So after army, fresh out of army. Um, into the national sevens team and then the next one was 2015 when we had two years to train together as yeah, one yeah. Uh, like one whole team with easy and then wow we traveled the, like you said we traveled so much and then that team was like a family uh, yeah. we went through so much together and I think that's one of the and I guess that it was it's a blessing now that it's one of the last trips that I have because now we are still close we still meet once or twice or twice a year yeah. with like Naresh or some of the other guys mm -hmm. arranging uh, meetups and all and wow uh, then now because of that team also we have a SG Cavaliers mm. which I guess one of, that was one of the dreams after national team where we come together tour the rugby circuit and play together mm. after national team so that was one of the highlights man yeah <laughs> um yeah <laughs> I think the hey don't cry as no, no 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 the I mean I was I was there at 2015 I was running water for you guys and I was there throughout the the whole campaign mm. um it was it was bittersweet for me la. Mm. like like watching you guys and running water for you guys all the way and supporting you guys all the way through the different tournaments um, watching you guys back at home mm. while you guys were were in Hong Kong and playing the series and all that so for me my experience of of that two 
two years uh, was was really bittersweet. There's no other way to, yeah. to say it. Like I really, really, really um, um, was very proud of you guys for the effort, for the amount of time and commitment and and the the preparation that you all gone through mm. leading up to the 2015 SEA Games. Um, I remember Mr. Clarence Lam <laughs> really, really, really pulling out all the stops and really, really, really pushing uh, the logistics and administration side of things really hard mm. so that Easy, um, could settle the coaching and 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 get everything in in order, and um, yeah. Even now, if you ask me, I think that was one of the 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 better campaigns. Uh, yeah. If you ask me, um, the two thousand seven games for you, I I can only imagine how um, big it was because of all the stories that <laughs> I've heard. Right, I've heard all these stories from different accounts, by the way. So from DM, from from Diam, from Sue, from all these stories of different accounts about you <laughs> and about the experiences that you went through. So I can imagine how that was a, a big thing for you. And like you said, um, 2007, you have only been fully into rugby for a couple of years yeah. and uh, you're still young, you're still emotional. Mm and on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I can imagine uh, that's something that you will keep for life. Like you should go and find any videos of those, uh, exactly. those games and all that. Set. Unfortunately, uh, I think I, I did try because those were the were fondest memories and I think, but can't find me. <laughs> I still got the, some of the Thai girls that were in the crowd ah, yeah. on my Facebook. La, but <laughs> don't have ah, videos yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, now I would say your your your, your sporting journey uh, was eventful. I mean, you you went through the peak of your playing prowess. You went through a period where I think you were you felt unstoppable, and also you went through a slump mm. where you, like you said, any any player might have gone through or would have gone through uh, that kind of. Um, that kind of issue, la, like mm. whether it's a red card or whether it's a discipline issue, whether it's injury, some time off the game. That would have allowed you to to really go reflect and think and assess your priorities and your your perspective of, of your love for the game and things like that. So moving forward, like um like you are at the next stage, um, I'm sure you will continue to be in, involved in sport as you are with work and 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 that's why you're working in sport. But Moving forward, what's next for you? Like in in sport, like I see you trying out new sports, um, continuing to stay fit. Um, so so personally, what are some of your sporting goals moving forward? I think personally, uh, it's just about being healthy. Mm. Number one, being healthy. Number two, I love to be fit and fast. Mm. That's that's like me, right? And I I don't want to lose that. Yeah, I think I think I I I get what UK talked about how the need for speed is just it's just our lifestyle and our like the way of how we enjoyed sports and I I don't know how I will feel when if I'm slow <laughs> but uh, so so like for now it's about being healthy number one of course being able to look good mm. feel good and be good mm. so that's something that I I pride myself as a athlete ex-athlete I'm not going to say ex-national athlete and also 
has a working in sports. Yeah. I think sports for life is important. Uh, we should not think you retire from a sport, then you stop playing sports because there's so many other sports out there that could you could flourish. I am now dabbled in what? Uh, darts. Golf. Golf. Uh, now I'm- Wrestling. Wrestling. I'm trying wrestling with like the wrestling federation. I think- and then I'm like, I, I just finished a wrestling training session and I was like, why didn't I do this for rugby? Because <laughs> all the things they teach is so useful. Yeah. 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 And the training session, the warm up was already crazy, but I guess our age has caught up or so. So I think one thing it's about being healthy for life. And that's something that I think a lot of us take for granted. Yeah. Because our body will continue to deteriorate if we- Correct if we don't do anything and like we we always talk about it in sports if you don't use it you lose it yeah and i think i encourage everyone to stay fit uh stay healthy because energy it's very simple but you know like in singapore everybody say we are too busy or work is work <sighs> but i think again it's all excuses but i don't know right i, I think i will give them the benefit of doubt, but I think health is very important. So I do encourage everybody to play a sport because it will make things easier. Yeah. But if you don't have a sport, then you just need to keep healthy here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing you mentioned, um, without speed, without fitness, you, you will lose a bit of yourself. Um, I think there's something that we, I don't know whether we grew up with or whatever, but for you, it's speed and fitness. For me, it's, it's a, it's just just being active, mm. la, right? I I get very uncomfortable when I spend one or two days without doing sport or, or running or, or or you know just just keeping fit in general. And it may be a small amount, but it makes about a lot of difference. Um, I I'm not saying that we are what super athletes or yeah, we yeah, are exactly we're we not, are yeah. training to be forty year old Iron Man guys or whatever, but. It is like you said, like it's just about a healthy lifestyle and the I guess in Singapore everything is so fast paced. Yeah. Uh the convenient thing for us is hey, I'm busy with work, I'm busy with, with whatever and and then you have all these excuses that tend to pile up. Now um we have all been through different experiences. We have all learned different things and you have shared a bit about how you have evolved from uh, a, a bit of a cocky superstar kind of player to a more down to earth, um, a bit better valued, a bit morally compassed um, um, player. Um, what kind of advice do you have to give to someone in a similar position to a young superstar that is coming out to a young person that is trying to to play and represent his country or or, or find um, find a sport that he's good at good enough to represent the country what kind of advice do you have to this group of uh, youngsters wow I would think to be cocky still <laughs> but in a cocky no in a self-confident way and not in a depreciating other people like disrespecting other people so have so much confidence in yourself that you know that you're a superstar but 
not disrespect others. Mm. So really have a superstar mindset, like have so much confidence in yourself, number one, and therefore having the X factor. Mm. And then train your ass off. Mm. Because it's not what you do on the field, it's what you do before you go onto the field yeah. that will show on the field. Yeah. And that is super important. And I think the last thing is your love for the game. Because if you love the game, you want to be the best in that game. And that kept me going, even though injuries came or even though the band came, even though I was not in the right place, but I always loved the sport so much that I wanted to be the best mm. I can mm. when I'm on the field. And therefore preparing well, training hard, uh, doing all the fitness I need to do to be the to be best or be the fittest in the team. I need to do, even though I'm not the quickest maybe, but I would try to improve and be the quickest and continue to watch the game. There's so many things to do. Yeah. There's so much to do. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> then just keep loving the game and keep going at it and having self-belief. I think one of the times when I slumped was because I think I was listening to so many people's feedback, negative feedback that I started not trusting my own. Doubted yourself. Yeah, not not doubt, doubting myself, number one, and not believing in myself. And that, that is the last thing you can do to, for yourself. Mm. And that's why I said the cockiness. Because I think when I was a bit older, I guess I started to feel like, oh shit, I'm one of the older guys or uh, like the horse. Mm. Yeah, so I think that was one of the things that we need to have confidence in yourself to keep going and to to know that you are who you are and why you're in the team mm. and then you will be able to flourish and and I think that's what I can give what advice I can give to the younger boys just believe in yourself do the work you need to do and that's why that's why I, I really respect Cristiano Ronaldo I really respect like the likes of uh, who's other people that work the hardest and then like Stephen Curry mm. and all they will even though they may they may not be the most talented but they work and work and work and when they go onto the field they show and then it's, they they blossom and they they are the superstars yeah well said well said <laughs> um any young guy listening out there um i think the <coughs> I think we mentioned this before, like you have to do all the work. Yeah. You cannot sit back and, and wonder why you're not selected or you sit back and, and, and question uh, your luck or things like that. Mm. You have to do all the work first. Put everything in place and when, when the opportunity comes, you take it. But you have to do the work first. And then of course it helps if you are as passionate as someone like Brian. <laughs> I think the the biggest thing I have seen in Brian is the, that passion. Um, I think he mentioned it just now. Whether you, as long as you want to do something, you you have that love, you are passionate about it. Then you go all out, you pull out all the stops, you you sacrifice, you give, you yeah, you there's something you you just have to do lah. If yeah, it's yeah. something you want badly enough, um, okay. Last last question. Opinion. It's mm. not a it's not a fact <laughs> or whatever. But um now having been involved with rugby for a while and particularly the Sevens team, where do you see the the Singapore Sevens team? Uh, where do you see them placed in in Asia, in in any wider context or um 
in the next five years or 10 years or so? Or where do you see them uh, appropriately placed? Like where do you think they should be? Given our standard of players, given our coaching, given our structures, where do you think they belong? Oh, actually, at this moment, because of COVID, yeah. I think it's the best time to regroup, uh, regroup and start setting five, like you said, fire plans, ten-year plans, and then sticking to it. I think that's one thing that uh, we never did was to stick to a coach, or stick to a team, or stick to a structure that would help the Singapore Sevens team flourish and grow together as a team. And I think where we can be placed, definitely we we could still be top eight in Asia. Uh, beating the lights of Singapore, um, the lights of Malaysia, Thailand, Chinese Taipei. These are a few thing, teams that I think we should try to aim to beat. Um, with the current crop of players, seven players, I see them being, they're, they're so talented. Mm. They are so talented. Mm. I think, but again, talent is, can bring you so, so far because like we said, once you go into the Asian Seven Series, all of them are talented. Everybody is talented. Yeah. Everybody is talented. But what's the difference is everybody does their work. Everybody prepares well. Everybody is at the best of their conditioning and the best of their abilities now. So you need to be up there also. Yeah. And therefore, I think this COVID is a good time for Singapore Sevens team to continue to work hard, continue to catch up. And I think we will be able to do well actually I think like I said it's go always going to be a dog fight but I think we will we can be able we will be able to be top 8 in Asia if mm. if we put the proper systems in uh, and believe in the coach and believe in the team mm. and keep grinding the results and even if the results don't come I think I think Sue is doing a good job mm. at this moment I, I saw what he did in the Philippines unfortunate results yeah. but like we said Sevens is such a uh, fluid game it's it's a game of it's like a flip of a coin you never know which direction it will go so I feel like that that team can go far and they should continue to just work at it and believe in themselves and believe in their talent but again work their ass off yeah. I think Sue has inculcated that work hard work very hard on your fitness and your your skills and then you'll do well and I think that's a good mantra to start with yeah the the thing also I think you mentioned at the start is you we need to have uh, a bit of a commitment a bit of a long term plan mm. we I think when we were playing it was like a season by season kind mm. of the year by year and after a year is done we would be you know yeah. thinking about what's next or, or trying to regroup or who's coaching or, or yeah. what's happening so now that they I mean the union and, and Sue and some of the players are, are a bit more experienced um, yeah they should be thinking a bit long term exactly I think Sue has like you said put some things in place and that will continue to to, to hold true and well with the boys um, hopefully when, when things get better we'll be ready to rock yeah man right um, excited to see some of the younger boys uh, come on like you said like, we have so much talent now um when we were playing, I don't recall so many, so, so many people being able to step, run, uh, execute mm. uh, the kind of skills that these boys now have. Um, yeah, so so I'm excited to to see that. Um, yeah, okay. 
right? <laughs> thank you. Hey, thank, thank you, you for, for your time. Me, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, I hope you had fun reminiscing <laughs> and um, talking through your Some your tears journey. were shared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like I always say, I think as long as one person listens to this and benefits from it, mm. takes a lesson out of it, I think we have done our job. Yeah, man. That's and, um, amazing. Uh, amazing yeah. work they are doing, man. You really remind me of why I became a teacher was also because the starfish story. I don't know if you heard of the starfish story. So basically, on the seabed, there was a lot of starfish. Mm. And then there's this old man that is just taking one starfish and throwing into the water. Mm. And then the guy was asking, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what are you doing? There's already so many. Yeah, there's so many starfish on the freaking seabed. Yeah. Why are you doing this? But he said, if I can change one starfish life, yeah, yeah. it's already yeah, yeah, yeah. job done, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. Um... Thank you. Thank you, Brian. I wish you all the best. Uh, <laughs> you too, We man. will catch up soon. Second child on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Soon. <laughs> this will be occupied by my daughter. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, this is the Create Don't Hate podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Ciao. <laughs>